Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Today, I'm extremely pleased to be with Alan Simberg. Alan Simberg uh, has a PhD in counseling psychology and is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And he also does a lot of other things, like he's uh, certified as applied clinical nutrition, NET practitioner, and more. Now tell me a little bit about yourself, Alan, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Christine, for having me on your show. I'm happy um, with being called Christine, <laughs> and I call you Alan. <laughs> yes, certainly. No problem with that. Well, I'm not exactly sure where to start, but I guess what I could say is that I really recognized from an early age that I was meant to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I was very young, um, I was sitting on the piano bench in my parents' home, or I could say in our home. And I heard my parents talking one night and my father was telling my mother that someone was coming over, one of our relatives actually was coming over and my mother inquired as to the reason. And my father let her know that this person was having some problems and he wanted to see if he could help. Oh wow. And I, yes, and I remember thinking at that moment, that's what I want to do someday. I was about seven or eight years old at that mm. point. And I remember thinking at that point, someday I want to do that with people. It just felt so natural to me to think that way. And then I remember that as the years went on, you know, maybe it was around 10 years old, something like that. Whenever I would watch lunch, I'm sorry, watch TV during lunch, I mean, there was this one show about a therapist. And it always showed the therapist helping people. And I remember that I was always so interested in how the therapist was able to figure out what the person needed. And I often thought about the conversation my parents were having about that relative coming over. And I just kept thinking over and over how I wanted to do that kind of work. And then as I got older, I always seemed to be one of the people that when my classmates needed help, when they didn't know what to do, they, I was the one that they came to. So that's basically how I got interested in the idea of helping people and working with people and helping them to overcome their challenges. Wow, that is amazing. So 
at an early age. And often that's the case with me. I, I knew at four years of age myself that I wanted to be a healer, a doctor. So that, that is interesting. Yeah, we are both help us in, in one way. Now, what, what did you do from then on? I assume you uh, did your counseling uh, PhD first. And how did you process from, progress from then? Went to university, of course, and uh, did that. Well, actually, no, <laughs> my, no, no, in, no, in a way, no, actually not, but, but you're not far off. Okay. Um, actually, the PhD was the, one of the very last things I did. Mm -hmm. What happened was initially my primary interest was in becoming a guidance counselor in a, in a high school. Oh, mm -hmm. so, yeah. So I investigated how to do that. And then one of the jobs that I got. In fact, it was the first job I ever had as a professional. Um, I got a job in a program that helped underprivileged and un and unemployed people to get work. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I learned was you needed to have a certain number of years experience to be a guidance counselor. Because mm -hmm. you needed to get special certification for that. Wow. So my luck was the person who employed me in that first job had a connection with the Department of Education. And after I worked for him for several years, he got me that certification. And then I decided to move on, and I got a job in a mental health clinic. Okay. And as I worked in that mental health clinic, um, I, I came to realize that again, it was time for me to move on. And I went on to become a guidance counselor in a vocational high school. Okay. And then while I was in that high school working there, I decided that I really wanted to focus more on mental health because what I realized was that working just with the students wasn't enough unless I worked with the families as well. So at that point, I decided to get a degree in marriage and family therapy. That is amazing, and that is so important because uh, it's never just the student that has problems. It's usually the whole family. Yes, yes. And that thought was verified by, for, for me by the education that I got because What I realized was becoming a family therapist was also having to do with learning about family systems, which basically means the more people that you can talk with in the family, the better the chance for the recovery. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was working in a mental health clinic, and the person who was the clinical director quit. And after he quit, I applied for his job, and I was told that the only way I could get that job would be if I had a master's in psychology. Okay. So I went on for the master's of psychology. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and then, interestingly enough, after I got the master's and after I got the educational specialist degree in marriage and family therapy, what I learned was, or actually what I realized was that the school that I was going to for the marriage and family therapy degree had a PhD program. 
Ah. Well, actually, at that point, it was an EDD. It became a PhD program. And what I thought to myself was, after all those years of experience, why not just get the doctoral degree? Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up with the PhD. As I was going for the EDD, they changed it, and they said that if you took another couple of courses, you could change it into a PhD, and that's how it all happened. No, that's wonderful. Now, that sounds like a long journey. Uh, can I Very ask long. you how old you are? <laughs> Very long. <laughs> you sound so young. <laughs> yes, I have a young voice. <laughs> ah, wonderful. Now, you have a lot of life experience, obviously, and a lot of experience with clients. Uh, but I know you go beyond mental health into the physical health realm. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second part, because I really am myself very interested and I work at the intersection of physical and mental health all the time. So uh, that that will be a very interesting part to talk about. Yes, I agree. So... What sparked your interest to learn about physical health also? You just asked the most perfect question. <laughs> <laughs> What sparked it was when I was working in the vocational high school, I got sick. Yeah. Um, basically, I got the flu. Mm -hmm. And after I got the flu, I still didn't feel well. And one of the teachers in the high school knew about health and health foods, and she told me about a particular health food store that she thought the person could help me there. Mm -hmm. So I went, and that person recommended supplements for me to take, mm -hmm. and I took them, and I felt much better within about a week or two. Mm -hmm. And then I thought to myself, how can somebody who just works in a store tell me what I need to do? There must be doctors who can help me. Mm -hmm. I found a doctor. It was a, a doctor who actually specialized in nutrition. Mm -hmm. And he evaluated different things about me. And then I thought, you know, someday I would like to do this. And then many, many, many years later, which actually was right around, let me see, it was during the 2000s. It was around... 2009, 2008, something like that, um, I got very ill, and I, I wasn't able to work. And I found a practitioner who was able to help me. I found out uh, the diagnosis at that time was adrenal fatigue. Yeah. And that doctor was able to help me. Mm -hmm. And one day, as I was getting better, he said, how would you like to do this for people? And I thought, oh, I would love to do this for people. And what a combination of nutrition and behavioral health techniques to help people. So he, he let me know about a certification program that I could go through that mm -hmm. would legitimize my doing this for people and also obviously train me in what I needed to know. So that's basically how I became interested in the nutritional work in conjunction with behavioral health And what I have found is that in addition to the counseling that I do, when I recommend nutritional ways to eat and different supplements, 
the people get better so much quicker and they don't need medication. Wow, that is a wonderful thought. And we both work in that area and I'm more on the doctor's side, you're more on the counselor's side. But it is a very important connection and we'll talk more about in the second half. And this brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast. Please tune in after the commercial break for more about mental and physical health with Alan Simberg. Oh, I do functional medicine, uh, but... Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Dr. Alan Simberg about the intersection between mental and physical health. Thanks for coming back, Alan. Oh, thank you for having me, Pat. And it is a pure pleasure. In the first part, we talked a little bit about how you recognize that there is and sparked your interest, that there's a condition, that there's a connection, I should say, between mental and physical health. Now, tell me a little bit what you're doing in your practice to further that for your clients and what you see in results. Well, basically what I do in my practice, I believe is different in some ways from the traditional approach. Mm -hmm. um, very often what traditional therapists do is they kind of, in a certain sense, allow the client to completely guide the conversation. And what I mean by that is that they just continue to listen to what the client says And whatever the client says, they follow that in their conversation. Mm -hmm. They follow my, that and maybe elaborate a little further. So what do you do different? Okay. What I do different is in my assessment, my primary focus is to determine the client's major priorities. Mm -hmm. And then what I do from the first session on, I don't wait for the second session. I develop strategies that help the client to overcome the challenges that they're facing. So what I do is I take some history because I do believe that upbringing experiences and life experiences to some degree do contribute to what a client is presently experiencing. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the way that I handle it, which I think is different from some practitioners, not all practitioners do what I just said, But I just basically very clearly ask the client, what are your priorities? What are the things that you want to pay attention to first? Mm -hmm. And then I identify strategies that help the client. And then what I do is I say, look, obviously there is no way that I can guarantee anything, but do you agree with my suggestions? And when they agree, I then say, in a certain sense, let's consider this an experiment. And the reason I say that 
is I don't want the clients to have overly optimistic expectations and then be disappointed if things don't happen exactly the way they want them to. Sounds good. So we'll say, let's, let's consider this an experiment and let's see what happens. Now that you've agreed to try the strategy, let's see what happens between this appointment and the next appointment. That sound okay with you? And of course, most times, if not all the time, a client will say yes. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is that I never speak from a judgmental point of view. You know, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you do what I said? You agreed. I don't do that. Mm, no. What I say is, what prevented you from following through on what we talked about last time? Mm-hmm. And then if there was something that prevented them, we talk about how they can overcome that. And we also talk about, this is something that I find to be very important. I focus much more on their accomplishments than on their disappointments or maybe what they didn't do. Because I want them to have the most encouragement possible and I want them to realize that the way they think and the way they communicate can have a very, very strong effect on the outcomes that they want to accomplish. That is very true. And I love that approach that you are taking. How do you bring the physical health into that approach? Well, usually what I do, because what I'm finding is a lot of the clients that I meet with have either some degree of depression or anxiety. Mm. And what I explain to them is that it's very important for them to maintain their blood sugar level within a certain range as consistently as possible throughout the day. And I explain that the way they eat, what they eat, and when they eat can have an effect that either doesn't allow the blood sugar to stay within that range very consistently or can help it to. And I also briefly explain the relationship between blood sugar and hormones. Mm -hmm. And that when the hormones are out of balance, the emotions are out of balance. Very true. And that's why it's important to eat a certain way. So the way I integrate it in is I recommend a basic way to eat. I let them know that, you know, everyone's an individual and not everybody necessarily has to eat exactly a certain way. But what I have found is that when people generally use the principles that I recommend, their, their mental and emotional health improves. And essentially what I recommend is to minimize or eliminate processed foods, to eliminate gluten, to eliminate dairy, and obviously to minimize and or eliminate as best as possible sugar, and to eat small to moderate amounts of fruit as opposed to very large amounts of fruit. Because what I explain is that fruit sugar is still sugar, mm -hmm. and it still can have an effect on their blood sugar levels. And what I have found is that when people improve the way they eat, when they change the way they eat, and they eat generally in the way I recommend, everything about their lives change. I agree. That's what we all basically prop propose. Less processed food, less sugar, and more 
vegetables and low glycemic fruit and healthy and fats healthy fats very important yes mm, that is so true and i love that you do that and integrate it in your practice as a clinical psychologist but you're more than that you're also a life coach yes yes mm. i've also gotten certified as a life coach um mary morrissey mm -hmm. is a well-known spiritual teacher and she has the life solutions institute where she certifies dream builder coaches and also life mastery consultants. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a certification in both. And what I've decided to do is to use my coaching background to help people who are challenged with the use of alcohol and drugs. Wow, that is and, amazing. Yes. And, and what I've done is I've developed an e-learning course that I'm in the process of marketing to addiction treatment centers that help their clients to determine what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And it helps them to minimize and to manage any guilt and shame that they have in relation to the behaviors that they did while they were actively using alcohol and drugs. So it's actually a complement to the addiction treatment centers. It's not a competition. Oh, no. And that, it sounds like a really very valuable resource. Yes, I, I think it's really helpful because one of the things that I needed to do in order to get certified was I also had to go through the Dream Builder program. Mm -hmm. And I think that the spiritual principles that are included in that and the, and the way that I was taught to help people to identify what they want to do with the rest of their lives really can help to make a big difference for them and really help them to maintain abstinence in their recovery. Yes, at least then they know why they want to stay without the drug. Yes. And that is yes. very important. Many people have no idea who they are or why they're here on this earth. Yes, and to follow up what you just said, it helps them to develop a much stronger sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. And maybe they even learn to love themselves because many of my clients tell me uh, what they say to themselves. And this is often so mean. And I always ask them, would you talk like that to your best friend? And the answer obviously is no. But hey, why are you not your own best friend? And I just get a blank stare sometimes. And they say, I never thought about it. <laughs> yes. yes, that's a great question to ask them. I'm sure you do the same thing because it is it is really a basic thing that everybody should think about. Yes. And I just actually talked with another guest about having the self-love is, is, is a condition to love others. Yes. Now, before we wrap up, I would like to ask you if somebody is touched by your story and what you do and would like to contact you or if an addiction center uh, wants your course, how do they can get in? How do they get in contact with you? Well, actually, there's two ways. One is they can either call or text me at 281-785-0673. And I actually do have two websites. They can contact me through my website, alansimberg.com or life or I'm sorry, lifemasterywithalan.com. 
Oh, wow, that is really amazing. And I hope that uh, many of uh, the listeners take advantage of that and check you out because I think you have an amazing program and amazing life experience to offer. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad to be talking with you and to know that someone in the medical field has the same approach and can help people in so many ways with the physical problems as well as their emotional problems. And that is a wonderful thought. Thank you so much. And I'm very happy about anybody that really cares about people and helps them in a deep way like we both are doing. And I thank you very, very much for being that on my show today. I really appreciate it. And thank you very much for having me on your show, Christine. Thanks, Alan. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments or suggestions. Or if you like to contact Alan for Goddess contact information, my email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at communityradio.ca or contact me through my website docchristine.com. I'm always grateful for any feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis and Murray Stacy. Thank you, guys. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station. And we even have an art gallery and performance hall. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.